And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. Let's get elevated. This is your host, Heather Steppe, co-founder of KC Hempco, bringing you all things cannabis to the hustle. If you've enjoyed this cannabis series on Fridays, don't leave too quick, but we are moving to Wednesdays. So you can check out myself for the next few weeks talking about cannabis on Wednesdays. After me, I'll be passing it off to my fellow Startup Hustle TV cast member, member Hernan. He'll be talking about all things digital marketing with you guys. Without further ado, let's not forget that today's episode of Startup Puzzle is sponsored by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Today's guest is a local here in Missouri, and I am a big, big fan of his work. Without further ado, Clayton Stallings, contributing writer of The Evolution Magazine. Clayton, how are you today? Good. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. I'm super excited to have you on today and talk a little bit about, you know, what you have going on and and the Missouri industry and the Kansas industry. I mean, this this is, um, you know, kind of the last few states that are fighting to get things done. Yeah, 33rd. Uh, yeah, and then Kansas. Oh, God. <laughs> We're so close, I feel. Um, but, but Clay, uh, tell me a little bit about you. You know, how did you get into cannabis? You know, okay. what brought you to the Evolution Magazine? So I'm, I'm uh, for those of you that, that don't know, the Evolution Magazine is, is Missouri's first uh, uh, free monthly educational, um, educational informational cannabis publication. Uh, we launched it back in June of 2019. Um, so I, I guess before we even dive into the whole magazine thing, maybe I should just give a little backstory of kind of like how I fell in love with cannabis. Yeah. Um, so, you know, ever since college is when I started trying cannabis and, uh, more, more of a recreational type thing. And, um, and then later in life, uh, you know, my, my father always took care of my mother and we grew up in a very strict Baptist uh, household. Yeah. And um, so eventually later in life, my dad passed away and, and uh, we got, went and uh, got, got the house in order uh, to take care of mom and all that. And I was going through her medications and I was just blown away at what she was taking. Uh, you know, by then I'd already been out of college and I'd kind of partied on one of those before. I've partied on one of those before. I've partied <laughs> right. on one of those before. <laughs> But I've never in my wildest dreams would have taken three of those a day, three of those a day, three of those, all these, you know, Xanax, oxycodone. I couldn't believe it. Just blew my mind away. And it really was an awakening of kind of why my childhood was the way it was. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that that really stuck with me for the rest of my life. And and we, we eventually got her off of all those. And but it was too little too late. And, you know, she has dementia now and mm. uh, I won't go into all that, but you know, all that to say, that's really, really what stuck the, the advocacy and the passion inside of me. And, 
and um, and then uh, allegedly grew a lot of tomatoes for a long time. <laughs> and uh, and then my real job was in construction, um, but uh, I had a passion for for uh, for growing. And so eventually, I sold my house, sold my property, uh, sold all my possessions except for what I can fit into a '77 Mini Winnebago, and and hit the road doing the RV life for a, a while. And nice. then uh, after that, wound up in Oakland, California, got back into construction, but it was on the commercial side. Uh, and there was this is after adult use had passed in California. So I was able to get a little bit of experience uh, with a cultivation build out, with a dispensary build out. Uh, and my client for my dispensary build out was Jeff Jones, uh, one of the uh, the founder of Oaksterdam University. And that's how oh, I wow, yeah. uh, met Dell and, and Jeff and, and got, uh, and Dell eventually later after we came back and started the magazine. Dell did a lot of writing for us as well. And uh, we're big fans of what they're doing over there at Oaksterdam. And uh, yeah, but yeah, absolutely. so uh, eventually uh, the laws changed here in Missouri, uh, came back, uh, was originally kind of uh, thinking about helping some teams go for licensing. Um, and in, in one of those early, this is way before uh, the rules were, uh, you know, all the rules came out as far as the, the license and all that. Uh, so very early on, right, I think this is like 2018, 2019, or the first part of 2019. So all the teams are getting together to try to figure out, um, you know, who's going to be on their team. Uh, the, the rules are rolling out slowly uh, as far as the applications and all that go. Uh, and from that very early on, I went to everything. I went to all the trade shows. I went to any kind of, anytime there was a meeting about anything, I went to it. Um, and then eventually... Um, a buddy of mine, his name's Dan, Dan Nelson. He's with Kansas City Cannabis Company. Um, yeah. He's the one who actually came up with the idea to launch the publication. Um, and it's it, his parents, uh, Bill and Vicki Cromwell, they are the owners and chief editors of Tea Times magazine. And Tea Times is a local golf publication that's been around for over 20 years here yeah. in Missouri. And it's a free monthly magazine. You can find it in all the golf courses in Kansas City and like the Ozarks and um, but yeah, and, and, and they have a, the, almost the identical demographic as what we're going for with the Evolution magazine, which is the older generation to try to break that stigma, to try to normalize mm -hmm. this and try to get them to maybe substitute cannabis for some of their pharmaceutical, uh, ph for other pharmaceutical medications that they're on. Yeah, that's, that's so important. And I've... You know, education is the key to that, to being able to break down that stigma. When you start educating people, not only about, um, you know, what the plant can do, its therapeutic properties, but also the history of the plant, why it's illegal. You know, there, there's a lot there. Uh, but what do you think it is about that older generation that just really is stuck on this, you know, reefer madness idea? Why is it so hard to break down well, they just, this they, stigma? They grew up in the war on drugs, the Nixon era, you know, and then leading up to the the three strikes, you know, and that's why a lot of people don't even have access to get into the industry is these old outdated, you know, ways of controlling things. Uh, they're just the, the, the old frying pan, frying or the uh, egg in the frying pan. It's just yeah. stuck in there. If it's stuck this in our stew, <laughs> if it's stuck in our stew, you know, and it's definitely stuck in theirs. Right. They just haven't gotten past the, the fact that it's hilarious now. Right. I know. And, and it's, it is, you know, breaking down those walls is so hard. Um, so what type of education are you offering through the evolution magazine? Is it, you know, plant-based education? Are you doing some history pieces? Is it 
just for the Missouri patients? It, does it contain some national pieces? You know, break, break that down a little bit for me. Sure. Yeah. So it's kind of all of those things, really. Um, it's it is. Uh, we do have articles that are more locally based, talking about what's happening in the in the industry locally. Um, and then we have more gen, generic, I don't want to call it generic, but you can, you know, health and education articles that really are, you can, you know, are, it's for anywhere, really. Um, so, it, so we have, you know, very beginner information, like, you know, what's the difference between um, dabs and, and rolling a joint, you know, very beginner information. We try to uh, we try to pretend like our readers are reading or reading or reading something about cannabis for the first time in a lot of the articles. And then we also have articles that are for people that have know a lot more and have been around the scene for a little bit longer. Yeah. And what a tricky spot. You know, I uh, recently uh, interviewed Bruce Barcott with Leafly and he was talking about that same thing. You know, how do you balance not offending people who know a lot about this plant with people who don't know a lot about this plant. And I imagine you guys run into that same, same situation with evolution. Sure. Sure. It's, it's a very tricky balance. Um, but you know, it's also, you're not going to get every reader with every single article. You have right. to know that, you know, that's why you have a table of contents. <laughs> so right. they can figure out what they want to read and what they don't want to read. Absolutely. That's um, funny. So, yeah, but uh, it's, it's always important to to find that balance and you never want to pretend like your audience knows more than you or less than you. You always have to pretend like it's both. Right. Absolutely. So you mentioned Dan Nelson with Kansas city cannabis company um, being kind of the, the, idea behind the magazine so is he a partner with you no no he uh so that um, whenever back whenever this all happened uh this was before the license this is before even the rules had rolled out uh and then way before the licenses were awarded uh but he was a part of kansas city cannabis company uh and they were going for the max amount of licenses as they could um and then once we decided to go full full force with the magazine we had to kind of part ways with them Obviously, we needed the publication to be non-biased. It couldn't be, uh, we couldn't have any ownership or, or, or people that are working on both sides um, because obviously we were, were completely advertisement driven to be free right. to the public. And if, if we were connected to one license holder, that it wouldn't work. So right. we, knew, we knew that early on. So we parted ways with them, said, good luck to you guys. Wish you the best. Uh, and they ended up getting five dispensary licenses and, and uh, they didn't get their cultivations or the manufacturing, but we were, we were still happy for them that they got, you know, got into the industry and they were very lucky compared to a lot of the people that didn't get anything. Right. And for those of you listening that don't know much about the program in Missouri, um, it's a very restrictive program. They had license caps, um, so they were only awarding so many licenses. So the application process was incredibly stringent. There was a ton of lawsuits that came out of it too, based mm-hmm. on, you know, it was a merit-based type system where they went in and had a third party, quote unquote, grading the license applications. But what we saw was someone who had the exact same application was getting awarded licenses where others weren't. So, I mean, it was kind of a mess, which, you know, now that we're on the Kansas side and trying to grow the Kansas side, we are using a lot of the fuck ups of Missouri to be oh. like, hey guys, don't do this. Like, this is a, hello, flashing red lights. Um, but that's what makes this industry so interesting, especially from a business standpoint is every state has different regulations, different rules and different policies and procedures. And 
what they allow, what they don't allow. Uh, you know, because it's still a Schedule One drug, it's all up to the states. That's basically what the federal government has set up to this point. So publications like Evolution, you know, I know you're focusing on patient driven, you know, education, but do you guys do any type of educational outreach to business owners or, or potential license holders? Um, you know, that's, that almost gets into the realm of, of, uh, of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? We hire somebody, a, a um, consultant, right? So we don't mm, want to be yeah. like, we don't want to be a consultant by any means. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but we, we do talk about like things with the business side, uh, in the, like, for instance, I just had a conversation with, uh, a uh, woman by Danielle. I'm sorry, I can't remember Danielle's last name, but she's a, a minority business owner in in uh, Tennessee, um, and one one of the very few minority owners in the cannabis industry. Um, and I I saw her speak at uh, an event, uh, the Mocan BizCon, a few weeks mm. ago, and she was talking about social equity and um, and so I wanted her to do some writing for us about the importance of social equity, the importance of having uh, a fair uh, playing field when it comes to access to the cannabis space. So uh, we do talk about things like that in the magazine. Mm. Um, uh, we try not to get into the lawsuit types of things too much because uh, yeah. <laughs> there's plenty of those out there. Um, right. But yeah, but so social equity is a very important thing and adult use is coming around the corner. And that's another reason why I wanted her to start writing for us on those topics, because you're going to see um, a lot of these adult use bills that come out are going to basically say, well, here's our answer, our micro license. We'll, we'll let them in. We'll let them in under this microscope. <laughs> mm. God. And, and what a, that the whole thing is just so tricky. Yeah. I mean, it'll be so nice when we finally start seeing something happen federally as well. I mean, for patients and for businesses alike. So one of the things about being in the cannabis industry, and if you've watched the Startup Hustle TV or watched uh, or listened to any of the things that my husband and I have said uh, for Casey Hempko is running a business in this space is incredibly different. It is so different than any other industry. Um, you know, you're red taped just about everywhere you go. Um have you run into that same issue, you know, with banking, with marketing on social media, different things like that, you know, being just a publication where you're not technically selling product, have you run into that or, or have you kind of been able to skirt through a lot of those? We, it's funny you should say that because we pretty much haven't had any issues um, until here recently. And it's, I wouldn't really call it an issue for us, but it uh, it's definitely an issue that we needed to you know, take, take the handlebars and, and drive the, drive the bike a little bit, but, uh, DHSS. So for those of you that don't know here in Missouri, the department of health and senior services is what governs the medical cannabis space. And here, they can't make up any, any, uh, rules or laws. They can only define the ones that were already in the amendment to, uh, to bring uh, medical cannabis into the state. Um, and so they're basically taking this little short piece and they're, they're defining it as uh, basically they're saying that dispensaries can no longer do sales, discounts, promotions, um, all the basic marketing that any business would do if you were in any other, you know, uh, arena that is. So it's a big issue. It's a big issue for the industry. It's a big issue for patients. And obviously it, it it's not good for us as a publication because we're completely ad driven. Uh, we don't have investors. Uh, we're, we're free to the public and we're, cranking out a lot of magazines and we're where we have pickup locations in over 350 locations across the state 
We have all the licensed winners on our complimentary mailing list, and we have a, a ever-growing subscription list as well. And it's a nice magazine. It's nice, glossy pages. It's it's not a yeah. you know newspaper quality. It's a fantastic nice, quality. You, yeah, it's what you would buy in you know a, a, in the in, at Price Drop or supermarket or wherever you go shop at uh, in the little aisle there where all the other magazines are at. But anyway, back to the DHSS thing. So it's 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 not good. So basically, here I am, a patient. I'm in a wheelchair, let's say. I have to go wheel my ass into each dispensary to find out where I can buy the cheapest flour. Mm. You're telling me that's like how I got to do it now? Right. <laughs> Doesn't seem like it's a very accessible situation. Right. Um, so what we did is we, uh, just in the September issue that just came out, we have a an insert um, and, uh, it's a, basically a two part insert. The first part is a full page front and back. And on the front, it says free cannabis question mark to kind of get their attention. Mm-hmm. You flip it over on the back side, it explains what's happening. Uh, and then it mm. shows the, the readers where, what they can do to, to, uh, to contact, to take action, uh, to voice their opinion to DHSS. And then it says flip to page 56 and there's a mail in perforated postcard, uh, that has attention Lindell Fraker. He's the director of the medical marijuana program here in the state. Attention Lindell Fraker and has their address at DHSS. And you flip it over and it basically says, I'm a patient. I don't like what you're doing. And they can sign that and drop it in the mail. We'll basically just flood the desks of DHSS with unhappy patients until they see what they're doing is not in the benefit of the patients. Wow. What a trickle down effect. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so what is the reasoning behind not being able to advertise sales? So they're saying, well, you know, this is medical, right? This is uh, just like pharmaceutical, which, boom, you lost me right there. Pharmaceuticals right. do it. <laughs> you know? But they're saying, well, you know, they don't, we don't see people giving discounts for Xanax. And I'm like, no, actually, CVS does for them. You know, CVS yeah, no will kidding. give a discount for them. And then the pharmaceutical company will turn around and pay CVS. So you lost me with that argument. But it's they're, they're just, you know, whenever you get these people that are very, that are in charge that are, you know, have a lot of compliance background in like other big arenas that are outside the cannabis space. And they have really no knowledge of cannabis itself. You get these people in charge and things like this happen. Right. That's so frustrating. And from a patient standpoint too, you know, as a business owner, I want to be able to advertise my sales, even as a CBD business owner, I can, I can throw up a, you know, Facebook post that says, Hey, we're, we're running a special. Now I can't use words like buy it here or sale, you know, but I can still imply at least and, and use, you know, figures and, and numbers. So, but as a patient, I would find that that would be incredibly frustrating, especially in an industry like the Missouri medical industry, where you do have caps on licenses, was that there's only so many people who are growing. The prices are already way higher than any other markets. So, you know, how do you get that leg up? Oh, it, it, that it's so frustrating that all of these little nuancey things that just, you know, especially when you're at the mercy of politicians to make mm. the decisions for you, it's like, great, this yeah. is going to go well. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, and then we got adult use coming right around the corner. And so it's, you know, if we already have issues like this, man, it just buckle down get ready. <laughs> so you guys, what's the adult use industry going to do for your business, your oh, magazine? For us, this is going to be great. I mean, we're already, uh, so let's, let's back up to kind of give a little idea of the growth of the magazine till now. So we, we launched the magazine in June of 2019. So a little over two years old. 
Mm-hmm. Um, started off at 32 pages and made a, com- a commitment early on to, to always strive to stay 50% content or more. We don't want to be one of those magazines that's all ads. Uh, but of course, that's what pays the uh, pays the bills. That's what gets the magazine free to the public and right. and all that. And and so we launched in June of 2019, way before the medical um, came online. This is early on when they're still figuring out the rules and stuff for uh, writing the applications. So we knew we knew we needed to start early and and build our footprint before the the industry came online. So we. Here I am going around way before I even have a magazine in hand asking these owners of these smoke shops and CBD stores and chiropractic clinics and all these ancillary businesses. Hey, uh, we're going to launch a magazine. Here's what I think it's going to look like. Can we have a rack in here? (laughs) I got a lot of no's. A lot of no's. But eventually we launched, uh, like I said, in June of 2019, we started off at 32 pages uh, and we've doubled in size since then. We're at 64 pages. Nice. And we're expanding into all the dispensaries as they're opening up across the state. Um, and so we're, we're cranking out a lot of magazines and we, so we have a, a lot, a huge overhead and we, we, we chose not to raise prices because of COVID. So we're kind of, mm. you know, thin margins and playing that game until the industry really, you know, can get, you know, the it's feet underneath itself because they're yeah. still all really trying to figure things out right now still. Right. Um, you know, we have about half the cultivation uh, up, cultivations up and running. We've had a lot of cultivators that have kind of had bad first, you know, first few harvests till they figured out their rooms or whatever, or the, the new equipment. It's all, it's all, it's, this is how it happens anywhere you go. When you start right. in a new environment, new place, new building, whatever it is, it's, you're going to have issues and figure out the bugs and all that. So yeah, we've doubled in size. We're, we're expanding. We're at, we, we have racks, uh, you know, like we can go and pick up a magazine, have a magazine rack. Um, and, in all the dispensaries across the state, uh, except for we're, we're, we're mailing to St. Louis, uh, we're hand delivering everywhere else in the state, except for St. Louis and North and South of St. Louis, because we're based out of Kansas city. So it's you know right. four hours away, but, uh, we're hand delivering everywhere else. And we keep track of how many magazines are going in all the racks and we increase those numbers as, as we need to. So, um, yeah, we've grown grown a lot and then we're, since we're based out of kansas city like we were talking about earlier we have kansas that's right around the corner so right. and then we have adult use coming in missouri so this is really just the perfect location to to launch this type of publication absolutely and i mean i hate to bring it up but you know covid was a son of a bitch for a lot of people's business and one thing that we saw in dispensaries across the country was, you know, uh, this adoption of this delivery method and this online um, purchasing and ordering options, you know, um, the impact of that on foot traffic inside dispensaries, I'm sure also impacted your advertising and and your reach. Um, Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about that. And, you know, what did your advertisers think about that? You know, are you, are you planning on taking your publication online as well? Oh, so our, our publication is already online. Um, oh, okay. The evolution mag is our, uh, uh, is our, uh, website. That's also our handle on social media, uh, except for Facebook shut us down recently. And I won't go into that just yet. Yep. Maybe, or maybe we can later. <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, um, so we were very, very lucky during COVID. Um, we, so like I said, we had, we already had racks in all like the smoke shops and hydroponic stores and, and ancillary businesses like that. 
And most of the places that we had racks in were considered essential businesses. Mm. Um, the hydroponic stores were considered agricultural, so they let them stay open. The CBD stores were considered health and wellness, except for in Springfield. And that, that didn't last too long there. That got changed real quick. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we had a lot of places like in restaurants that we lost, of course. It, we, we lost maybe like 20% of our locations, but we were still growing almost as fast as we were losing those. It, we only, it took us only a few months to get that back. Um, that's, that's nice. Yeah. So like we lost some restaurants some gyms and places like that, uh, that had to close down, but, but we were just, we, we, and you, the, at that same time, you look at all these other, you know, veteran publications that have been around forever. They all stopped printing, you know, mm -hmm. uh, high times stopped printing, um, sensei stopped printing and they all just, they all just, well, I wouldn't say went under, but they all just, they had a hard time. They took a big hit, but they were big enough to take the hit. Um, and even since they, like they had, they lost a lot of employees and they even had like 40, I don't know, 20, 30 employees that worked for free for a long, for several uh -huh. months just to get them by. Um, so we were small and then you, you take the, the fact that we were still grassroots and then we still had our locations out there for the audience. We, we kept printing and I kept delivering them myself. I, I was running around in like a ghost land, a zombie apocalypse where there was no people outside delivering magazines. It was, it was crazy. It was so weird there for a few weeks, but yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take this opportunity to remind you that today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. On that note, uh, talk to me a little bit about your, you know, online presence, your website. Um, you know, what, what has been the response for your advertisers? You, you know, as far as the business side goes, are you offering both when someone signs with you? Are they just in print? Are they just online? Is there an option to do both? Yeah, How's no. That so we have, we have just like a standard ad rate sheet for the magazine. That is, you know, quarter page, here's this price, half page, here's that price. But, and it's an eight month, eight to 12 month commitment. Uh, the reason we're doing that is because we're expanding so rapidly uh, as more dispensaries and other ancillary businesses come online here in the state, we're adding more pickup locations uh, there. Um, but yeah, so we, it, we, when you advertise in the magazine, you automatically get included on the website. Um, and then all of our past issues are on our website as well. So that's all a package deal there. Um, and yeah, we've, we've, I, I would say we've had a probably 80 to 85%, uh, of our clients have renewed their contracts. So that speaks volumes there. Wow. Uh, obviously it's working. Otherwise they wouldn't continue to do that with us. Right. Um, I would say the other 20 to 15% are people that, uh, really were affected by COVID. Uh, there was a lot of CBD businesses that went out, went under, uh, other ancillary businesses that really took a hit. And so that, that was, that's part of that percentage there, uh, businesses going, going out of business because of COVID mm -hmm. and then other, other parts of that 15 to 20% were like events or one-time type ads where they didn't need to renew. Um, so yeah, but things have been really good. We've, we've had a really high success rate, even amidst the midst COVID and amidst the financial struggles that people are going through. Um, we were just blessed. Yeah, that's, that's really lucky. I mean, COVID, COVID sucked and it's not over, you know, that's, I, I fear a second wave of shutdowns in what that might do for businesses. And I'm hoping that we don't have to go back to that. Um, you know, our CBD store, we closed it. Um, it just, we saw the writing on the walls. We made the decision really early and not only that, but 
God, in, in Kansas City, I don't know what the hell it is about Kansas City, but there was a freaking CBD store on every corner. Oh, yeah. I mean, you couldn't throw a freaking golf ball far enough before you'd hit one. Yeah. Uh, which was incredibly frustrating, you know, owning a business and being one of the first businesses in Kansas to open. And then it's like, oh, great. There's everybody else. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, but it's, closing it's our very... store was the best thing we could have done, though. I mean, and you know, you guys... our, our business grew and our brand grew and it worked out well for us. Thank God. And you guys got out. Didn't you guys get out before COVID? No, we got out. I mean, they, th so we had my son in February. So I was on maternity leave. Um, and they called for the shutdown. What was that? Late March. And we were out. They called for that two week shutdown. And at the end of that two weeks, we closed. Okay. Well, that's still pretty early. Oh, it was very early. Yeah, compared to how how many people try to stick it out. Uh, right. And God, I, I, we just saw the writing on the wall. It was like, this is not going away anytime soon. We had already kind of talked about whether or not we wanted to go all online um, and build our business that way, which we had kind of started dabbling in, but didn't really pull the plug. And then it was like, and we're done. <laughs> Yeah. And it sucked, you know, being able to communicate with our customers. And, you know, we had Evolution Magazine in our store, too. Our customers loved it. There, there's just a there's something about being educated about something that's new and exciting and kind of um, taboo, if you will, yeah. to a lot yeah. of people um, that 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 they really loved. And I, I'm missing my customers every day. We, we still, you know, changed our business model. So we're doing local delivery and things like that. But um yeah, I mean, COVID just sucked. And, and and we see how the impact that it had on the industry. But in some ways, it was kind of good. There, there were a lot of businesses out there, specifically in the CBD space, that shouldn't have been in business mm -hmm. in the first oh, place. Trust me, trust me, because I, I, like I was saying, I, 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 I uh, delivered the magazines each month. And I kept track of how many magazines were moving at each location. And, and I could tell you which CBD stores were about to go under before yeah. they did. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should consult. <laughs> hey, guys, uh, have you thought about doing something new? <laughs> Just another level to your uh, magazine. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So, so, so go ahead. I was going to ask you about this. So so we haven't really dove into the Kansas, uh, what's happening on the medical side in Kansas. And I know you're a part of the, the Kansas Coalition. What's your yeah. role with the Kansas Coalition again? Um, I am the vice president of the Kansas Cannabis Coalition. Um, it's a nonprofit C4. So we, we did a lot of work last session um, on a bill. And the difference between Kansas and Missouri is Kansas is one of only, I think, four states that doesn't allow ballot initiatives, which is also the four states who don't have a medical program. Right. Shocker. <laughs> uh, but so we had to do everything through the legislature, which was incredibly frustrating, but it, it, um, for the first time we were able to pass a bill out of committee and it passed the house and went to the Senate, unfortunately on the last day of session. So they didn't take it up because of the quote unquote controversial nature of the bill. Um, but, but we're feeling pretty good going into the 2022 session. And I mean, a lot of what we're explaining to these legislators, especially in a, a very conservative state is industry. You're talking about money, you're talking about business, you're talking about growing something and, and creating jobs. Um, you know, we, we do this for the patients 
And we truly believe that cannabis use is therapeutic and medical and, and everybody should have access to it. But at the end of the day, when you're talking to lawmakers, you got <laughs> you got to let them know too. like the, the industry from this is incredible and the, the amount of jobs it can create uh, and small business that can come out of it. You know, when, when you have an industry that can only grow within its state because of the schedule one nature of cannabis, you can't sell it to other states. So your entire industry is homegrown. Like what an opportunity. Sure. Yeah. And, and for those that don't know kind of what that bill looks like, what it, it's basically a uh, no, no caps on licensing. So it's sort of like Oklahoma in that sense, but on the other side, it's the, the compliance of the Missouri uh, of the Missouri program. So Oklahoma yeah. didn't have the compliance stuff set up. Now they're trying to retroactively add the compliance and the tracking and all that, which right. is a nightmare for them. Right. Um, so, you know, it, it, I, I, this is the best, you know, situation that I've seen as far as like a free market, if you believe in a free market situation, um, which I, uh, I do, but also at the same time, I, I gotta be non-biased with the publication here in Missouri. I, because uh, a lot of our advertisers support the the you know the other side, so right. I have to be non-biased. But I I I think the free market is uh, it's it's best for us as a publication. That that's for sure. Right. The more people that we can help market and advertise, the 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 more we can do with what we have. So, um, well, but and I think it's the best approach for a an a state program in general. You know, if you've got the capacity and the wherewithal to run a business, you should be able to try. <laughs> Sure. Isn't that the beauty of the United States and, and the dream is being able to own and, and operate and run your own business? I mean, that's kind of like one of our fundamentals, right? Like, I think everybody should be able to try and the market will work itself out. Competition will work itself out, but especially in a new industry. I mean, I, I'm really looking forward to what Kansas is going to be able to put out. Yeah. And then whenever that happens, um, you know, we've we've talked about. What, what are we going to do then once Kansas goes? Obviously, we're going to be a part of it and we're going to kind of do what we did here in Missouri. But you can't really, if you keep going with one magazine to cover all that, you're going to be putting out a Sears catalog every month. And, right. and <laughs> so it makes more sense on a on a uh, business side to start looking at franchising. Um, mm. and, and then you have, uh, you know, a, a Western Missouri, Kansas, or maybe just a Kansas and a Missouri, or you can do we talked about West, West Missouri, Kansas, then East Missouri, Illinois. Um, mm, or, mm -hmm. and, we, and we've even been asked to come to New York after this most recent adult use uh, just passed there. We, we got asked to, uh, to franchise a magazine in New York, which we thought about for a little bit. But it's really you have to find the perfect team to be able to to trust what you've built over, you know, over the, you know, since we started this really three years ago is when we really started talking about it almost. Yeah. I, I wouldn't even know where to begin to put a franchise together. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's basically, we would just keep it, you know, home base here. We would publish everything here. Um, and then you would have your local writers there covering what's happening in New York. Then we would share, you know, the health and wellness articles that are, you know, not geospecific, you can share those in the, in both magazines, whether it's in New York or wherever it's at. And, and then you have your local writers uh, and then you just do it all from here and you just ship the magazines there. So that's kind of, kind of the way it would work. Well, it sounds like you got a plan. Yeah. <laughs> I it, think you it, should do it. 
It sounds easy. It sounds <laughs> well, easy. yeah, it always does sound easy. <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, we we just didn't feel like we had the right. The timing wasn't right for New York, man. But we would have loved to have been a part of that because that's and maybe we will at some point still. But New York's in my mind, New York's going to have more sales than any other state in the U.S. And then once it goes federally, then you got international shipping and receiving mm-hmm. right there. Yeah, absolutely. So, so do you, you know, it kind of sounds like you might want to go national at some point. Maybe, you know, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. What's, what's your plan there for competing with um, those national magazines? Like you said, High Times, Sensi, you've got Leafly, uh, you know, a renowned educational source. You, ha- have you thought that far in advance about, you know, what that looks like? My, my plan is Bill Cromwell. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, Bill's the one that taught me all, all this publishing stuff. I, I, I brought in the cannabis knowledge and some other stuff that, you know, that I've built up over time. And I actually went to college for, um, had a mass communication degree. Um, and I just never really used it until now, but, but Bill's the one that has all the publishing experience. He's, you know, like I said, T times has been around for over 20 years. He actually took T so T times is right. Currently just a Missouri based publication, uh, golf, you know, free golf magazine you could find in, uh, in the state, but he, he did take it. Uh, it was like all the surrounding states of Missouri at one time, he took it, uh, and franchised tea times and, uh, learned a lot of lessons through that and then decided to bring it, scale it down to something more manageable. Um, so that's, an, that's another reason like, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of on the side of like, Bill, let's expand, let's expand fast as possible. And he's always right. the one kind of dialing it back and all right, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's I've been there. I've been there before. I've, I know how that works. Let's kind of grow slow and, and strong and make sure our foundation's built in properly. Well, what an invaluable partner to have in this business too. You know I mean? It sounds like you guys have a pretty, pretty solid relationship with business and education and, and all the pieces that you guys have going there. Sure. Yeah. He's, he's taught me a lot. Um, you know, I, I've, I would have never guessed, you know, three to four years ago that I'd be doing a magazine when I'm like babysitting uh, uh, construction workers on right. different projects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, life and business is fun like that, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about some of the other obstacles that you guys have overcome with the magazine. Um, you know, like you said, right now you guys are dealing with DHSS not allowing at advertisement for pricing what what's some other head head on issues that you've taken um let's see that's that's a good question um you know we talked about covid that was a big one the the promotion advertising thing that's a big one um you know it's just uh there's a lot of haters out there within within this industry especially uh that want to tie you in with people right so there's been a lot of people oh well since since this guy's advertising with you, we know that you're working behind the scenes together. It's like, come on, man, what are you talking right. about? I like you know? money. I will yeah. take money from you somebody know? who wants to put their things in my magazine. Exactly. <laughs> so we, I have to, I have to play that Robin Hood role, you know, where I, I'll take money from nearly anyone as long as it's legally okay to do it, right? Um, because that means I can print more magazines and reach more people, and I can. Yeah fight the stigma that much more and I can get to that last granny that's still on those on all those pills right right that's my, my that's my goal um you know not, it's nice to be able to have a living doing it uh, but you know it's it's not it, it, we're not connected with the there's a lot of uh, greed there's a lot of things that happen I, I won't lie you know there's a lot of um behind the scenes stuff that uh that we're not a part of I can I get I get a 
firsthand front row seat of it. And, and it's sad. And yeah. I wish I could change a lot of it. But I have to take the money from those people so I can reach more grannies. Yeah. So are, are you able to measure the, you know, quote unquote conversion of grannies? Like, are I you wish. able to, are you able to put a number or some sort of value on how many people you've been able to educate to the point of actually reaching them? You know, uh, well, you know having know, them change We know what I, I, I can't, obviously I can't really, it's, I can't track how many minds have been changed or how many stigmas have been broke or anything like that. I, I get stories all the time. Oh man, my, my grandma or my mom was so against it. And, and then I showed her the magazine and now she's thinking about trying it for the first time. I've heard those stories a, a lot. A Isn't lot, that a the lot. best? Yeah. And that's what keeps me going. Um, but, you know, as far as uh, actual st statistics and numbers go, uh, you know, we reach 55,000 monthly between our print and online publication. And that's just by tracking the website, uh, tracking uh, we keep track of all the how many magazines are going at all the racks and all that. So that's our current reach. Um, and so I wish there was a way I can know each one that was changed by it. But uh, but yeah, that's awesome. I you know, that's one of the reasons I love being in this industry is for every single person that's ever come and said, you know, your product has completely changed my life or thank you for explaining this so that I understand it. Uh, I've dealt with that with personal family members who have been totally against this plant um, and our business, you know, that just didn't understand it and being able to really break down those stigmas. It makes all the difference, yeah. makes all the difference for the patients, all the difference for the business. I mean, it, it really is such an important piece. And then another part of it, too, that really is one of my favorite parts of what I get of what I get to do. Um, we help uh, like uh, the, the Canon Comet Project organizations mm. like that that are trying to get people out of jail that are in there from from old the, from the war on drugs from old rules from uh from stigma from all that you know robert franklin uh, they just got him out recently he was in there for uh, serving a he was 12 serving 12 just served 12 years of a 23 year sentence i may mm. be off a year or two but um but he just got out and he's um he had no potential for parole so it was uh governor that, grant, that granted him clemency and it was only the second time in the state's history that the governor has granted clemency uh wow. jeff uh, mazanski was the first one um but the, getting to hug these guys when they come out of jail and it's just the best hug ever it's oh like god i'm sure i'm sure well and and that's such a unique piece to this industry too is as it's becoming legal, as these industries are starting to form and, you know, people are able to grow as a business or as a caregiver in their home and, you know, dispense, you know, how can you keep people behind bars for the same thing? Yeah. <laughs> it's legal. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's quite the. I couldn't imagine being sword. inside, just watching all this happen from inside and be like, what's going on? I'm still <laughs> right. in here for this. And they're out there making millions. Right. Yeah. Wow. And Canna Convict, I mean, they've done some really great work. Uh, so that is that is one of my other favorite parts of being in this industry and having a business in this space is not only growing with the industry, but just the people that you meet that have just been fighting this fight for so long and to finally see it coming positive and and a bright light finally being shown it's it's incredibly incredibly important and moving yeah yeah so the i would say getting to help with the, getting people out of jail also with the stigma there's 
all those things are my, the favorite part of my job, you know, and if I have to be associated with the corruption just because they're going to advertise with us, well, that's what I got to do. <laughs> right. Well, Clay, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about Evolution Magazine, a little bit about Missouri and Kansas. Um, there is so much potential here, and I'm excited to have you on the Kansas side when it starts to happen. Oh, I can't uh, wait. Oh, I know. Fingers crossed. Fingers <laughs> I know. Crossed. I'm feeling good about it. I'm feeling good about it. I just have to keep that mindset. I feel like that drives so much. Well, guys, I want to remind you that today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. And in case you forgot, we started a TV show about entrepreneurship. You can head on over to YouTube, search up Startup Hustle, and watch myself and fellow founder cast members share the real story of what it takes to start, build, and grow a business. Clay, thanks so much. I'll check you guys next Wednesday, bringing more cannabis to the hustle. Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.